me back when you get this message. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the One Perspective to Another podcast. As you just heard, this is a special episode. This is episode 67 or 68, but it'll just be a special episode because this is a podcast about my mom, which you just heard her voice and saying that this is her and I need to call her back. Thank you very much. Um, Like I said, this podcast is dedicated to my mom, Tracy D. Carroll Rhodes. Her last name is Rhodes because that is my grandmother's maiden name. I'm named after my grandfather's or last name. I took my grandfather's last name, named after him too. Um, yeah, so just going to tell some stories. This is a podcast is about dealing with loss of a parent, some of the stories and just making sense of life and stories of my mom and lessons and sayings and insecurities and the bad shit the dark shit whatever you want to call it so uh enjoy this little journey with me and if you want to shed some light give some love i dedicated a light on the bay bridge for my mother um i will leave the link in the show notes in the description but uh first off just want to get started in saying uh this is the fourth year anniversary of my mom's passing and I'm in a completely different place than I was in the aftermath of it all and just dealing with the you hear a lot of hindsight and people talk about it just takes time and it really does. It just takes time. And I think I'm in a good enough place now where I can do stuff like this and do a podcast that's dedicated to my mom. So shout out and love to respect to my mom. Love you dearly more than matter itself. So without further ado, I'm going to just get into the the nitty gritty of shit that uh, aftermath, literally after of things that I think would help other people and things that I had questions about and just dealing with death, um, especially that of a parent. It is a very earth shattering thing to do and being like uh, not head of household, but I guess next in line, like you have to deal with. A lot of the logistics and the financials and the uh, just the subtleties of life after somebody passes away. And the thing that came to me the most when dealing with it is there's not a lot of information about doing funerals and how funeral goes and how the funeral business is a fucking shady business and how you got to get plots in the the graveyard and how people buy hundreds of them and sell them at triple the rate and uh, finding out how you can get help with that is very, excuse me, crucial to me, I guess. It depends on your area, depends on where you live, too, and sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, but um, that that shit was very uh, draining, too, because you got to be in the mode of understanding that you... You got you, you can't really grieve because you got to make sure that you take all the precautions and taking care of other people and um, getting shit in order for a funeral. Or if they don't want to have a funeral, just getting like the estate in order, like make sure that you do your homework and get uh, life insurance for people so you don't have to pay for the funeral. Make sure that your loved ones have that kind of stuff set up so you don't have to deal with all that kind of aftermath and just bullshit that comes along with it 
make sure that you take the time out. And a lot of people in the moment, uh, not really knowing like what you want, I guess it's more of the emotional side of it, but friends and family, they'll say that, like, I always ask you if you need something or whatnot, but my great aunt, my mom, my grandma's sister told me that people shouldn't ask you what you need. People should just do. And that's something that I took to heart because I really, I've always been on the other side, like always sending thoughts and prayers and condolences and stuff like that. But it's easier for you to just do something or provide something rather than just ask because the person going through it, like they don't know what the fuck they want. They don't know what's really going on. It's just all a shock. Some people handle death differently for me personally. Like I was, it sounds fucked up in the moment, but I was pretty calm, cool and collected. Like I didn't personally like have my grieving moment or my breaking point probably till like a year after it was still, uh, quite surreal. It was just like, Oh, my mom's still just in DC working. But like, as time went on, you start to realize you don't get the calls. That's why I put the voice at the beginning. Like, you don't get those text messages. You don't come home for the holidays. So those times and the holidays, they, they resonate different because it's not there. But going back to the previous topic, like, people, loved ones and friends, just provide. Don't ask. Just do. Like, say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to get you dinner or I'm going to help you with this or help you with that just just keep doing for people don't don't ask it it may sound fucked up in the moment but it's hard for people to get the courage or the the um the time to tell you what what they really want or what they really need because when somebody's grieving over something like that they don't really have any words but um going back to the process like getting a state in order getting uh just livelihoods in order shout out to the Rest of my family for doing all that stuff too, um, because I couldn't go to DC. Uh, then the the morbid, I guess you could say morbid part about it is because my mom passed away in uh, in Maryland, so you had to fly her body back to uh, Oakland. Then that was a really sur- surreal experience going in and checking the uh, a dead body to make sure that like that's your loved one. That's something that's. Uh, Something you really only see in like TV shows and scary movies, but it's different when it's somebody that you love and like they not coming back. So it's just a, a weird experience that I had and just having to not cope with it, but just like, like damn, like that's real life. Like it's really, really, re- really real. I guess that's another reason why it took me so long to uh, I, I don't want to say break, but just like come to the realization of like, yo, my mom is not here anymore. This is a part of life. This is a part of all the other things. But uh, yeah, in that sense, in next fast forwarding a little bit, just in my own personal grieving and growth. I know it sounds fucked up to say and you don't want to have somebody say this about your loved one. But the passing of my mom was also like one of the most uh real not realistic but just um abundance of information given to me at one time because all of her lessons and all of her sayings like are magnified by like a billion times and I don't have that person to to call or ask questions to or ask questions about women and how to be a man and just 
being in control of your own life and just her own wisdom because she told it to you already about 50,000 times. You just got to listen. It's like that part of my brain, its receptors are like on super blast. Like it's limitless. So I took a limitless pill. But um, yeah, for example, or give some background about my mom. My mom is a doctor. Her license plate say Doc Rose on it. I still have her plate too. Maybe change it to that from the uh, boss. That's why I got my license plate like that. Trying to be like my mom. Not a lot of people know that. Um, but yeah, she was a hard worker. My mom was loved by many. My mom did everything in her power to provide for me and the people around her. And I'm going to tell a little story about this place that she used to work. It's called the East Oakland Switchboard. And this is a place where I used to go after school to wait for my mom to get off work. It was on 73rd and uh, Bancroft? No, East 14th. Yeah, I still say East 14th, but it was a place where uh, people who were on welfare and got welfare stamps and got food and stuff. So she met a lot of different people in a lot of walks of life, and I got to experience that and see how she took care of people who um, didn't have everything, hearing people's stories and hearing people's troubles and having to put people in motels and hotels because they didn't have any place to go. But this is like in the early or early 2000s late or yeah early 2000 late 90s so it was a different kind of world but it was a lot of people that she still had conversations with like till this day that I still know and see and some people who passed and even in just her own dealings with it was this one guy I I can't remember his name but he was diagnosed not diagnosed you get diagnosed with HIV or he had HIV but um he made the most out of his life because he was homeless. Uh, but then he got a good job. He got a, a nice place to live. And, like, just her being there and him coming into their place and saying, like, yo, you really helped me out. I appreciate it. Like, that's a lot of the things that I got from my mom. And just providing value to people and being there for people and giving them extra food. Because they serve, not serve, but they gave away a lot of canned goods and stuff like that. So... They got all the free food from, like, local places that didn't want it anymore because you know how restaurants are. But she would give out extra food, especially if they had kids or something like that, just to make sure that they were set. And it was a place where she wasn't appreciated a lot and a place where she did what she did for the for the people who were around her. But, like, sometimes you got to master your own worth and just be your own boss. So she had to move on from that situation. But... I learned a lot of how to treat people and how to deal with people there just by watching her. And that's a lot of the reason why I've always been the way that I am. I'm not really much of a talker. I'm more of a listener. I like to observe. I like to see how people do things. And that's where I got it from. And that's one of the lessons that I learned from her. And another lesson that I learned from her, she always used to tell me not to Terry. And I didn't understand what the fuck Terry was until... Years later, probably when I was in high school doing homework and projects and shit, but tell me that all the fucking time, every morning, every day, don't Terry do your homework, don't Terry get this done, don't Terry, because my mom, she she also, in her not being well-rounded in herself, not saying like she nobody's perfect, but mama had her flaws too, where 
one thing that annoyed me the most about my mother is my mom was never on time to anything at all. That's why she used to always tell me, don't Terry. It was high school, maybe yeah, high school, late for picture day, didn't take my pictures. And I don't know why, but I was hella mad. I wasn't mad at the fact that I didn't get to take the pictures. I just, I didn't want to take the pictures, no way. But it was just the fact of being late. I cannot stand being late, I think, honestly, from that day. So that's why I take the time out to make sure that I give myself enough time to do everything, enough time to plan, enough time to to be there. I will be there early. I'll be there 15, 20 minutes early because I don't want to be late. I don't want to be the reason why somebody else's time is taken advantage of. And I hear all people talk about, yo, I'm the life of the party. I get there when I want to, or you can wait for me. Like I'm the reason why you come here anyway. But that's just the way that I, I take it is my time is the only thing that is literally mine in this world. And I'm not going to waste yours. So don't waste mine. So that's how Don't Terry hits me 20 or 30, 31 years later. It's very vital into my life and it's important. And then um, something else, another lesson that she told me is that or growing up is to always keep your head up, like literally stop looking at the ground and walk like you got some kind of sense. Because when you look down, like people perceive you in a way that is not very good like oh it's something wrong with him all you down it's not like you gotta fake the funk but just walk like you're like how i always talk about like you're literally here you have nothing to to be upset about or complain about like we live in a a great country a great places perspective of like we our problems and our shit that we get annoyed about like it's something anywhere else in the world would love to even have that as a problem even the low, the poor people in America are still more well off than the people else around the world. So we literally have nothing to complain about. So why wouldn't I keep my head up and walk straight? That's something that I got more hindsight on just living life and just hearing my mom constantly tell me that shit and just keeping moving forward and putting that hand in hand with she always used to tell me that you are a black man in America. You're not just a regular man. So you got to work hard. You got to do things harder. You got to be above and beyond. You got to be perfect all the time just to be seen average by the white man or the white person or somebody who's in power. That's just the way the world is. And that's something that me and my mom always had conversations about is being a black man, but you still want to live your life just being a man. And those are things that I still fight with to this day and struggle with and try to gain perspective on because at the end of the day we all want people just to be humans but money and power and fame and celebrity it puts all that shit into a different perspective so I guess that is what it is and then some more uh backstory about my mom I was pretty much raised by all women and my uncle um my grandma, my mom, and my mom's sister. Uh, so that's why I have a lot of, I think personally, just emotional intelligence and just hearing people and seeing different emotions expressed and feelings because it makes you see the world differently. It makes you question um, 
how people, how other people see the world, because it's more than just you and coping in an environment where it's not just you being around people just makes you more understanding. And I was in that household where it's like you, the child, you don't say shit, you don't do nothing. You just sit there, shut up and and just wait till it's your turn. But as time you get older, you start to go from the little table to the big table and you actually get something to say and they actually listen to you. Like, that's just the way people raise up in a black family, I guess. But, um, yeah, um, didn't get to, I didn't meet my dad till I was 19. My mom found him in Washington, D.C. at one of, uh, Obama's, uh, little dinners or whatnot. Still a weird, uh, notion because i'm gonna bring it full force not full force or force full circle and just said not only my was my mom my mom but she was also my dad too she taught me how to take responsibility how to be head of household how to just get shit done because you ain't got no time to tarry the world is already against you so why give the world something else to fucking put on top of your shoulder um mother's day and father's day was always both hers so I guess you could say the the beauty of it is her bringing me. I did this the first year after her passing and saying that I created this blueprint and she does. It's still days where I get um, a thought or a memory of her telling me to do something or just a conversation where it still impacts me to this day. A lot of people always say like, oh, I just can't go on or like life is just too hard, but she just where I came to the realization after I had my break and just let it all out and just cried in the room for like three hours and just just gotta let it out. But then you just realize that life still goes on. You're still here. I'm making the best I can out of this blueprint, not to make anybody proud, but just to continue her light, to continue her lessons, her values, her morals into the world. Like, at the end of the day, like, I don't have anything to be angry about. I don't have anything to be upset about. I don't have any reason to hate the world. Like, and it's not acceptance. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. I guess don't want it to happen to you. But whenever you get there, like, you'll just know. And it's a point where you just have understanding. And even if it's not understanding, it's just acceptance. It's acceptance of the fact that What's done is done. Life is life. And you had your moments. You had your time. Of course you want more. Of course you still want them here. Of course you miss them. Of course you still cry. Of course you still have those laughs, those good times. But you still have your memories. I know it's cliche, but it they become more valuable. They become more prestige. They become more prestigious. They give you more, give you more oomph to just keep going and... If you really want to value them and show them the world, then just keep living and doing what's right. That's what my mom used to always tell me, too. So doing that and uh, it it really taught me how to be emotionally intelligent. It taught me how to be an empath and that I'm comfortable as fuck being me. I'm not that dude who needs to be at the club every weekend. I'm not the dude who does it because I want to be seen. I just do it because I like it. I do it because I love it. I'm writing fucking books and writing poetry, listening to music and 
chasing sunsets, flying drones and watching sports. That's the shit that I like to do. I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do. I'm not going to do anything that I don't need to do. And I've always been that mama's boy in that sense because that's that's who taught it to me. And it's nothing wrong with being that. It's nothing wrong with it growing up like that. It's just a lot of people are not going to understand you and a lot of people are not going to make the best uh, first glance decision at you. And that's perfectly okay. So just keep that in mind um, that it's okay to be you. That's something else that my mom taught me that you can't put a price on. It's a lot of shit that I'm still working on. It's a lot of stuff that her blueprint doesn't have, but it still gives me the the right step in place to even go there to get on track to to grow, to grow as a human, to grow as a man, to still give people light, to still be a part of people's world. Um, from that, yeah. Now I'm going to move over to the next part, coming back full circle, I guess, and just dealing with aftermath is dealing with other families, especially my grandma. Like, not only did I lose a mother, but my grandma lost a child, so... Being there for her was always, like, the number one priority. It's another reason why it took me so long to just have my time and why it took so long. Because I just wanted to make sure that she was okay because my grandma's been through a lot already. She done suffered so many more deaths and more life than I have. So it's, like, not a priority, but it's just, like, she she deserves that support and care over me like I'm still as she always says like you a young man you don't need no sleep um yeah so making sure that she's okay making sure that the rest of the family is good then you could just take your time because it's never going to be a time where you feel okay all the time it's gonna be good days it's gonna be bad days like I said earlier holidays will hurt you mother's day will hurt you but there's also the good time where you get hindsight and you come full circle and you remember the memories, you remember the laughs, the going to school in the morning and listening to 50 Cent. Me and my mom used to listen to that shit every single morning going to school when she used to take me. This is how we do. That was like our song. Still listen to that till this day. She knew all the words. Um, but yeah, just... Giving my mom light, my mom laugh. I probably got my laugh from her. My mom cusses. I probably cuss because of her. My mom was just a a great soul, a great person, a great friend, a great everything. There are not a lot of people in this world that give the amount of light that I think my mother gave to this world because it affects people. And it's not about the celebrity of affecting people's lives. It's like those individual conversations. And I think I'm the older I get, the more I realize like that is literally me. Like my conversations are are individual based. Yeah, like I can be in the crowd, but like my I I thrive in one on one because it's nobody else, it's just us. And that's the way that I was I was taught. It's it's intimate. It's it's a connection that you can't fake when you around a lot of people you got to be this or be that but when it's one-on-one it's just eye to eye it's truth to truth and whatever you want to say whatever your soul needs to say to somebody so if I've learned anything from my mom in that sense is just be true to who you are and make sure that 
all your moments matter and just keep shining light on people so they can um, look forward to being great. Because I know I know I wasn't the best. I know I did some dumb shit. I know it's things that my mom probably still hates me to this day. Like for example, me being a dumb young ass kid, I didn't always use my head. And one day I was home uh, or coming home, and I had to pee really bad. And my dumb ass didn't think to uh, uh, go pee in the bushes because I left my keys in the house. So my dumb ass and when I'm 13, I'm like already six feet tall. So I just bust down the door and went to go pee. And I thought about it because I really had to pee. I didn't think to go in the bush. I didn't think to go to a restaurant or nothing. I just fucking decided that I'm going to bust down the fucking door. And I waited till my mom got home and she fucking beat my ass or whooped me. But, uh, it just goes to show you, like, I do dumb shit all, or used to do dumb shit all the time, and that it's just a part of growth, and I don't even know why I told that story, but it's just funny to me to think about, um, oh, yeah, my mom being, just seeing me, like, we gotta grow, because I done broke flies, I broke uh, windows trying to kill flies, I done done a whole bunch of stupid shit, maybe I do a podcast about all the stupid shit I made my mom go through, but... It's just all lessons. It's all power. It's all, all everything. It's just sending love and light to my mom and just saying that I appreciate you and that I love you. And for everything that she is in this world, it's the least that I can do to do a podcast and talk about this kind of stuff and the aftermath and just giving little tidbits and stories of information of what really makes me me and what makes me me because of her because she is everything to me i am definitely a mother's child i am a mom a mama's boy to the end there is no above there is no equal there is no lesser there is just everything it's cosmic it's everything and it's all off the top of the dome so i don't even know where else to go from here but i told a couple stories um told the origins um yeah and if you got any questions or concerns or just dealing with shit and dealing with emotions after the death of a parent and just um anything because everybody goes through it differently some people are just gonna be a wreck and oh i do got something else last thing i'm gonna end it off with this and a lot of people when I was going through it be like, oh, my God, you're so strong. Oh, you're so this. You're so that. To tell you the truth, like everybody perceived me as strong. But like inside, like it's still you still feel that pain. You still feel that hurt. The only thing that separated me from everybody else that make me seem like I was uh, so strong is because I just said, fuck it. It's nothing or that that's my real breaking point. It's nothing me sitting there crying and being all depressed and having uh just not wanting to do anything was going to change the way that I was living my life. That's why I made the conscious decision to just keep going, to keep doing the things that I wanted to do, to keep doing my opti shit, to keep doing my one perspective to another thing, to keep doing my thoughts and my writings and just my things on the side separated from work to just give me purpose and to give me life because that's the one thing that my mom told me 
and showed me like with her one of the story at the East Oakland switchboard and like providing to people is that giving yourself and two people in a good willing way will lead you wherever you need to go. So that's why I wasn't I was strong, but I I just made the choice to just do. I didn't sit there and tarry. Coming, bringing shit all full circle. It always affects you, no matter where you go, how you think. It's in your DNA. It's in your blueprint, and that's what I said. She gave me the blueprint to continue to keep going. She made me strong. She made me capable to do these things that I do, to stand up and talk to people and be courageous and not really give a fuck what people think about you. Do what you love, do what you want, do what you need to do to get by. The next day is going to come, the sun is going to rise. So what's the point of you sitting there scared of it because you're scared of the sun? Just go fucking do it. She taught me how to be resilient. She taught me how to be the man that I am today. So with all that, I just want to say thank you a thousand times. I'm pretty sure this won't be the last podcast. Maybe I'll do this as like a homage every year and just tell stories about my mom and all the dumb shit that I used to do that she had to deal with. But with that being said, on October 27, 2019, a big I love you, mom. I appreciate you. You mean the world to me. And we're going to close out with one of her favorite sleepers. Her favorite artist of all time is Luther Vandross. So we're going to put it out one last time. Shout out to mom. Love you. Don't end it with Luther Vandross. If you have any questions, have any thoughts, have any anything, comment. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Please share this podcast. Share this podcast. This is a very important podcast to me. So we'll catch you on the flip side. And I'm out. I can't fool myself. I don't want nobody else to ever love me. You are my shining star, my guiding light, my love fantasy. There's not a minute, hour, day, or night that I don't love you. You're at the top of my list because I'm always thinking of you. I still remember in the days when I was scared to touch you How I spent my day dreaming, planning how to say I love you You must have known that I had feelings deep enough to swim in That's when you opened up your heart and you told me to come in Open the door up and to my